Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Daniel Young is a self-taught yoga teacher that began his relationship with yoga 20 years ago at the age of 19. He learned and practiced with teachers from all over the world while suffering ongoing injuries from a major car accident he incurred at the age of 14. Daniel was drawn to yoga to heal the misalignment in his physical body, and he was determined to overcome his mind to continue his love of being active, especially his love for surfing in the ocean. Daniel's major injuries included breaking his right leg so badly it required him to have four painful knee operations, suffering from ongoing back problems, and a four centimeter difference between his left and right leg, but he was determined not to let fear keep him from living the life that he wanted. Since then, Daniel has established It's a Life Yoga Teacher Training with his partner Randy in Bali, including asana, meditation, and most of all, pranayama and kundalini healing breath practices. At the age of 38, Daniel has never been more pain-free and incorporates his love of the ocean through serving practices to overcome fear and become better in touch with the flow of life. He is more flexible, completely injury-free, and remains 100% passionate and committed to sharing his experience to as many people as possible who are truly ready to shift their lives away from fear, pain, and suffering. Please welcome Daniel to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm so excited to have you on, Daniel. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's great to be here, Leah, and we finally get to meet virtually in yeah. person. <laughs> so I met you, well, I didn't actually meet you, but I stayed at your um, villa slash resort kind of space um, while I was staying in Bali. And um, it was kind of my healing space when I went down there to go, um, the people that I met, the area and location that it was in. So we only know each other by proxy because I met you through Airbnb. <laughs> Funny enough. Yeah, so I guess we were destined to meet that way. That's the home of our um, It's a Life space, our, our business. That's where we hold um, some of our our healing yoga trainings. Mm-hmm. Um, we really incorporate, you know, the idea of healing and, and people taking their own intuitive pathway to feel into themselves and, and overcome all the things that are in the way in their life, you know? So that's, that's out. That's, it's funny that you say that was your healing home. Well, that's what we've created there. We, we really try and have that as a, a, a place of home. You know, yeah. we really believe any sort of practice, yoga, Reiki, breath work, anything like that is, is a place to come back to your feeling of home. So that's the way we set up that villa to, for people to feel home. And it's amazing how many people who just stay there through Airbnb go, oh, yeah. thanks for having me. I felt so home here. You know, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. That, that, um, it was like a wonderful space uh, for me. I would definitely stay there again. Again, So that was a super homey place for me to stay and uh, where I got to meet all these amazing people and interview for my podcast as well as like just have some like groundbreaking things come through. Um, but I'm really excited because today we are talking about fear and not just fear, but how to live fearlessly and the time where 
things are really scary and the things that we're contemplating, um, things feel uncertain, uh, you know, like what's our future going to hold and fearful of, you know, what's not just what our lives are going to look like, but what are the lives of our loved ones going to look like and so on. So um, in these times of uncertainty, um, you've approached me and said you, you felt this, this kind of intuition or like this calling to kind of speak about fear. So um, I just want to get off, like first started on, and if you can just tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and um, like you talked a little bit about the space that you do, but like where you guys, you and um, Randy, your wife or, or your partner, um, what your background is in and then talk to us about like, what does it mean to live fearlessly? Well, I'm, I'm from the Gold Coast originally. I'm, I'm 39 years old now and I kind of started my um, relationship with moving away from fear very young. Um, like most people, I feel like in who are drawn to sort of asking deeper questions on themselves or whatever, I, I feel like most people start through pain, mm. you know. So um, not too many people that I've met in, in our industry or even people in my life who have really just been like, oh, my God, I, I really got into yoga and meditation because it's just so joyful. <laughs> like that, I, I, that, that, that can be a result for sure. That's what we're, that's what we're aiming to do through, through living fearlessly, right? But most people arrive um, and asking deeper questions of themselves because bad things happen to them or they're misaligned in their life. And for me, um, I, was, I was sick a lot when I was young and then I got hit by a car when I was 14, which was a oh, very man. pivotal pivotal moment for me. So I, I, my right side of my body got, um, my, my right leg got crushed pretty bad. So now my, my right leg is um, about an inch shorter than my left leg. Mm. So um, naturally now, as a result of the accident, I'm, I'm unbalanced, right. you know? So um, the, the physical practice to begin with, um, sort of finding yoga and stuff like things like that. And, you know, my passion is surfing, you know? So mm. that was a big passion of mine when I was young and it still is. It's, it's totally where I connect in the ocean. So to be able to continue to do that, I really had to find a way to keep my body nice and even, mm. you know, or, or mm. to negate that imbalance in my hips and my knee and my back. Um, and then obviously, um, as we know, um, it's not just a physical imbalance, you yeah. know, there's an emotional imbalance, there's an energetic imbalance. So, um, yeah, for me, I kind of got onto this path because I was trying to feel less pain and I actually got there in a very linear sort of way like basically as a 19 year old i didn't want didn't want to feel pain i didn't want to get injured and i wanted to keep surfing it at a top level you yeah. know so um that's that's how i kind of came to find a relationship you know a deeper relationship with myself and um as that journey's progressed i've, I've noticed a lot of things that um have stood in my way personally which like in a reality is is, is part of the collective right mm -hmm. like as, as I've noticed more fear or more things come up that are, that are sort of um, obstacles in my way, I've noticed that other people have the same obstacles. So yeah. um, I was really passionate about healing inside myself. So now I feel really passionate about sharing that healing forward. I love that. So in the process of, of what that looks like, I mean, going through getting hit by a car, geez. Um, and then being sick a lot when you're young, they're kind of, it, it in some ways could have shaped you in a completely different way where you could have looked at that and been like, what was me or, you know, whatever, but you found this to be a catalyst to propel you towards a greater purpose and, and helping other people. So 
especially in this time, like, what does it, what does it mean to be what you called um, in our pre-interview um, operating from fear? So um, first of all, I just like to clarify that um, it's paradoxical. I, there was a lot of woe is me. I'm nearly 40. So, you know, there was, there was in the last 20 years, there's been a lot of woe is me, you know, and, and to be able to shift out of that story and, and um, more consistently come mm-hmm. from the place that I'm talking to you from now mm-hmm. um, is a process, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and it takes a constant practice. So what I've really started to notice, um, first of all, within myself, but then often with the people that are coming to us is that they're, they're off, you know, and people even say that I feel a bit off today, yeah. you know, and it, and it really spoke to me that when people are off, they're operating from fear, mm-hmm. you know? So instead of being intuitive and making decisions in their life, uh, in the direction that they should go, they're actually going, well, no, I shouldn't do that because the outcome could be this, mm-hmm. you know, I shouldn't do that because when I was younger, my mum told me this, I shouldn't do that because Aaliyah might judge me. I shouldn't do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. instead of actually actioning fearlessly, they act from a place from fear. And then that actually becomes a habit, you yeah. know, and an unconscious one at that. So it people don't story. even know. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny now, I think it's quite ironic with the climate that we're in. And like you said, I was really passionate to, to reach out to you and be like, Hey, I've got a, re-, you know, I feel like this is really important to talk yeah. about now. It's actually no more important than it was a month ago, <laughs> you know, or two months ago, the fear was always there. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've just changed a little bit of the reasons of why or added some mm-hmm. on top or, you know, um, moved away from this little fear and, and replaced it with this other one, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite a challenge and a, and a consistent practice to get up every morning and be like, okay, I'm going to tap into my intuition so mm-hmm. I don't operate from fear. So I can really make, you know, loving decisions and, and help people in my community be better in my relationship, you know, yeah. treat people with more kindness. And again, just for the record, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've got that all worked out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't always come, <laughs> I don't always come from that place, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like I said, some days you get up and you, you're really in touch with that intuition and you don't operate from that place that is kind of negative for you and therefore negative for the world. Um, and when you tap into that, it's about, you know, creating that snowball effect to continue to tap into that because the, mm. the bad patterns and, you know, that place, that, that place of fear, that was just a story too, you know, so yeah. now you can shift it to come from that more authentic place and the more you can do that the more you allow others around you to do that too now it sounds really symbiotic that um intuition is the opposite of fear like uh at least you connect the two a lot at least um, what i'm hearing and so when people are operating out of fear they're not trusting themselves or they're not getting getting into a place where they're able to tap into their higher self where they're they're able to act accordingly with the trust that things are going to be okay. Um, but before we get into tapping into intuition, because I do want to talk to you a lot about that, um, let's talk about story. Because I think story and narrative and what we tell ourselves have a lot to do with operating out of fear. It's usually like a past experience or something that we've kind of anchored into um, as far as the, the way that we see the world. Like, that keeps us from moving and doing something else or something that we've been conditioned into. Like our parents told us, Oh, you'll never do make money doing that job or you never, you know, like that kind of thing. So we have these stories that we make 
for ourselves um, that will bypass our own intuition and continue to keep us in that fear. So do you have um, maybe a story about yourself and how you were able to circumvent that or tips for other people and how they're able to like acknowledge what those stories are and, and get outside of them? Yeah. So for me at the moment, I feel like I've just, I've just re recently acquired a, a, a new, a new spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. um, she's 17 months old and to date she is fearless. <laughs> so what do you do with your child? 17 when months old. 17 months old. Yeah. yeah. So she's nearly one and a half. Her name's Amazon. She's my little daughter. Um, and what the relationship that you have as a parent and with your child, um, especially when they're young is basically stopping them from doing things, you know, because, because there's that fear or they're trying to get up on that chair. They might fall off, mm -hmm. you know? So Amazon right now, she is fearless. I mean, we named her Amazon after the, um, after the rainforest because it produces the world with oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. Like we really felt into her birth. We did a lot of work to clear the space for her to come in. We did a two year Ayurvedic cleanse. We did all these things. So wow. she, you know, I, we did a, a ceremony in Bali um, with one of the healers and they believe that for six months of the pregnancy, the, um, the body inside the womb is just a body. And at six mm -hmm. months, the soul comes into mm -hmm. the body, right? And again, I'm a very linear person. I, I, don't, I don't reach up easily. You know, yeah. that's, that's Randy's job. That's where she really <laughs> connects. She, she really connects with those five. Yeah, that's my yeah. that's my partner. So she's really helped me to understand that higher realm because I'm very grounded. I've mm -hmm. got a lot of um, kapha energy. I'm stable in a crisis. I'm I'm very grounded. I'm here. I've been here before. Yeah, you know. But in this particular ceremony, the six month ceremony, I had this this like quite intense vision while I was sitting in ceremony, having having this ceremony to welcome Amazon into the into her um, into her physical body. Mm -hmm. And it's like I saw a little baby flying through the air and come down into earth so fast and then sprout into a sunflower, mm. you know? So, and that's Amazon, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so I had that at the time and I knew that I had it and I told Randy about it and I was like, yeah, that was weird, you know? And um, mm. there's been some other symbolical things. We ended up getting a place to have the home birth and all the tiles in the place had sunflowers on them, you know, oh. like we didn't know that at the time. Um, and, and my, my point is that when, when we're a child, we're completely fearless, you know, yeah. and then the relationship we have with adults who have lost their childlike nature yeah. is to be like, don't do that. That's fearful. Don't do that. That's, you know, be careful, be careful. And she keeps, she keeps teaching me, dad, trust me, I, I've got this. If I fall over, it's okay, mm. you know. So she's, she's my reminder to stay present with being fearless, mm -hmm. you know? So she's actually teaching me. She's a little baby, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's how, how like I'm continuing to learn about, about fear. So how can we give tips to somebody else to, to do the same thing, you mm -hmm. know? And Randy, my partner, she says, there's not just one way. There's seven, right. over 7 billion people in the world. Yeah. There's that many, that, that many pathways. So all we can do is offer little things that help us, but the individual needs to help themselves and, and mm. needs to find where they connect with that fearlessness mm. and 
giving people the permission to be okay to find their way that's what I'm really passionate about. You know, mm. not like being like, if you came to me and you're like, Daniel, I'm really fearful. Like, what should I do? I'm not going to go, well, Leah, do, do 10 sun salutations, sit in meditation mm-hmm. yeah. for 20 minutes and then have a cold shower and you'll be fearless. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we, we, we would need to find pathways that connect with you, you know, right. that, that connect with your story that help you overcome your fears, you right. know? So, and, and, and I feel like, the thing that gets a, bit, a little bit misinterpreted in the, in the spiritual world is the fact that if you're over here and you're living in a lot of fear, then to be fearless, it takes time and commitment. You know, it, it does take a bit of work, you know? So going back to that, where, how I got into, you know, finding this sort of path, it was through pain. You know, yeah. and if you don't listen to your life, eventually you'll feel pain, yeah. you know? So you don't have to, there's a more joyful way for sure. But the more joyful way requires even more attention. Yeah. You know, even, more, even more practice, <laughs> more time, more attention. And then it's maintenance, right? Yeah. And it's maintenance. So you don't have to learn from the pain. But if you don't listen, you don't listen, you don't listen, you don't listen, you'll get imbalances in your body. You'll get yeah. sick. You'll, you'll feel pain. Your, your bones will be out of place, whatever it is. And everyone's different, you yeah. know? So, and then in the Western world, what do we do when we get pain? We're like, oh, we've got to go to the doctor because mm-hmm. this is happening and he's going to fix it for me which is completely the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. We have to look in. And so back to like the stories that we're telling ourselves, something very interesting happened to me while I was at it's a life, um, which is their, the name of their um, villa that they have it. I was, it was after I had this incredible astral travel, um, which I've only done a few of them, like grade a astral travel where I've completely left my body and had this crazy experience. Adina was with me. Um, Adina was my roommate at the villa. You guys have seen her on the show before. Um, and it was like, it was just the most bizarre experience I had. So the next morning we were doing like a private yoga class and we were doing the pranayama breath and we we're having like meditation before her class. And I, I saw a story. Um, I saw a wound of something that kept me in fear for a really long time. And, uh, I was able to place it. So I saw myself as a 10 year old going up to my gymnastics coach for gymnastics class and him to asking me, do you have the money for class? And me saying, no, I don't have the money for class. Like I'm, I'm, you know, 12 or sorry, 10. Um, and so I would go back to my parents and then I asked them, do you have the money for class? And they're like, sorry, we don't have the money for class, you know, whatever. So I was the oldest of four children at the time. And my parents were like, just really suffering, like financially. Um, the classes were super cheap, just to give you an idea, they're $25 a season. So it it was through the YMCA or something. It was really, really cheap. But as a child, I understood and learned like, okay, having to ask for money or ask for help for something that I wanted caused other people pain. And so it made my parents feel bad. They couldn't provide or whatever. So at some point um, I started the sixth grade and my dad made, I think made this like huge parenting fail. Um, in the, in the moment where I got a C on my math test or math class or something like that, I was also dyslexic. So when they introduced algebra, it was like, forget it. I couldn't understand. But, um, and he's told me I had to, I had to, to quit these gymnastic classes because I got a C and I was a straight A student. 
<laughs> right? I was like, this doesn't even seem connected. Um, I had always been a straight A student and I was like, oh boy, your grades are falling. So you have to quit gymnastics. And I knew in that moment, being even a severely intuitive child, like this wasn't the reason that I had to quit. But I, I decided then it was so painful for me because this was my goal. I was supposed to be an Olympian or whatever. I was obsessed. Um, I, I made a decision in that moment that like, okay, I won't, I don't want to have to ask anybody for help for anything and they can take something away from me. Um, I don't want to cause anybody pain by my presence of something that I want. So I will learn how to do everything by myself. So, yep. <laughs> and I brought that whole thing in. So I'm sitting there at your space, like having this crazy moment of like, wow, this is where I learned this. This is where I learned this, the foundational part of this wound of this story that I'm telling myself that has kept me in fear for such a long time. Like I can't ask for help. I can't ask for a friend to, you know, like, like I have, feel like I have to do everything myself. So I'm super burdened by everything, but too scared to let anybody contribute to my own life. And so then my guide, I have a guide that I call Karen. Um, she said to me, she was like, this is also affecting you in your romantic life because you show yourself in it as an energy that like, there's no space for anybody else. I do everything by myself. So I don't need a partner. And I was like, fuck Karen. Like, okay. So in that space, in that story, that story and that narrative of the wound that I was carrying for a really long time without acknowledging caused me to live in a space where I could not live a fearless life. And, and, and obviously like in different aspects of your life, you'll live fearlessly here and not fearlessly there. But I was having the struggle of coming to a place where I would allow anybody to give me aid in any kind of way. And thus then always had the narrative and story that people don't show up for me. People don't yep. choose me. People don't, you know, whatever, which was keeping me from then. I mean, it, it just spread like cancer everywhere in all these areas of my life. So anyway, all that to say is that I was having this moment where I was able to integrate this wound and the story that I was telling myself that was keeping me from being able to live fearlessly. And so not that I have any real tips or anything for anybody else, but like that acknowledgement was so severe for me to get out and pl unplug what was blocking me ultimately. Yeah. So, so listening to that story, I think three things are really powerful, right? The first thing is, wow, how awesome for you to make that connection, mm -hmm. right? For, for you to actually tap into that moment, go back and go, wow, I can see where that really started for me, mm -hmm. right? The second thing is just because you made that connection doesn't mean you instantly stop that story or start right. living fearlessly, <laughs> right? right? So that's going to take time and yeah. continue to notice unconsciously where you do it all in all these little ways in your life. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is, I think some people can find that really confronting. I, I when I notice those things, I'm like, okay, awesome. I've got this to work on, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah. like I was saying at the start, I haven't got it all worked out. I'm continuing to find these things within myself too. So right. there's that application. Right. Yeah. So the third thing that I find really powerful about that, especially when we're talking in this way, when people are listening to us talk mm -hmm. is just because Aaliyah found it in that way. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're going to find it in that way. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. And that's not, that's not limiting. You know, there might be, there might be a certain percentage of people out there who might be in meditation one time and they'll find a, right. find a little message from when they were 10 and that it will be the <laughs> same. But, 
but this is what happens to the mind, right? Mm -hmm. So people are listening to this podcast. Mate, I'm sure you've got, you know, lots of people who love your podcast and they just mm -hmm. listen to you tell that story. So then they're going to go and look for that story. Right. You know, obviously within their own lives. But that's not the way, that's the yeah. whole point of the spiritual journey, right? Yeah. It's like you have to be open and free to tap into how you learn and how you exactly. find things out. And it's not, it's not a like, you can't sit in meditation and be like, okay, well, I'm going to find my, my 10 year old self or my 12 year old <laughs> self and, and ask them what the problem is because that's what somebody else did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so being really free and living fearlessly is being really flexible and mm. open to hear your truth, to tap into your intuition, yeah. which is so different for everyone. Yeah. So it's very paradoxical. You know, so I feel like me personally, I'm really well prepared for the current climate because I do a lot of self-work, you know. Mm. I, I mean, I used to go to a lot of classes, but I don't hardly go to any yoga practices anymore. Yeah. I, I do them myself, yeah. you know. We, we just recently, last year, before all this, you know, the crazy climate change and everything, we moved to a, a very remote island in Australia, you know, mm -hmm. only 2,000 people live here. So mm -hmm. even before this, we weren't interacting with a lot of people. Like we, yeah. we've, we've started to build relationships here and we've got our, we've got our It's a Life community who people who come through us, who, you know, we've got our family and friends and everything. But yeah. our day to day here was already looking with not a heap of interaction in crowded spaces and things like yeah. that. So it's like, we've already like, we're like, our life's not that much different right now. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, I just feel like it's really interesting. And then, you know, we get a lot of people that come on our, on our courses, you know, from New York city, mm -hmm. you know, how are they going to be able to do what I do because of the, the world that they live in, yeah. you know, the yeah. way that they interact with people, how close and claustrophobic they yeah. are. So they're going to find, need to find different pathways, you know? So my pathways aren't necessarily going to work for them or your pathways yeah. aren't going to work for them you know yeah. they've really got to tap into their intuition yeah. and be like you know first of all it's like okay am i in the right place mm -hmm. you know am i living where i should be living am i doing the job that i should be doing yeah. doing doing is that my passion you know am, am i in the right relationship mm -hmm. you know do i have some stuff to heal from the past you know all these questions tie into to one's fear you know because if you answer any of those questions with Mm, I don't think so. Maybe mm -hmm. that's wrong. Then you're operating from fear, aren't you? Because yeah. you're just doing that because that's what you fell into. That's what you maybe what you were good at. You mm -hmm. know, not not necessarily what you're good at is what you should be doing. Yeah. You know, so one of the the same balance. You should say that, that again, is, just for emphasis. <laughs> what? So what? What you're what what you're necessarily good at doesn't mean what you should be doing. Is that, right. Yeah. yeah. So the, one of the Balinese healers that's helped me a lot often talks about what you're good at and what your talent is. Mm. So they're two different things because anyone can get good at anything. Yeah. You know, so, and it, it's funny because everyone's like comes to the, you know, to any sort of um, spiritual practice and be like, oh, I want to get good at yoga. I want to get more flexible, you know? Right. And it's like, it's like, Anyone, if you apply yourself, if you wanted to become an architect right now, without going to architecture school, you put all your attention into it, all your focus, learn online, you could become a great architect. Mm -hmm. The information is accessible to us. We yeah. are in the age of information. So if you really want to do that, there's no reason why you can't. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's really your calling, you could do it. Yeah. You know, so 
it's about understanding where we actually hold ourselves back, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's probably people out there who are architects who shouldn't be. And there's probably (laughs) people who aren't who should be, you know? So if imagine if everyone stopped looking outward and blaming about how other people should be acting and continually turn themselves inward Mm -hmm. to focus in on what's important to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, to live to live a more fearless life and however that should look because we get sidetracked, right? We get sidetracked with stories. Well, you know, what if you did a meditation and for whatever reason you're like, oh, I, I, got, this, I got this message that I should become a gardener. Mm-hmm. That, doesn't, that doesn't sound very successful. What does that mean? You know, but that could, be, that could be like a permaculture gardener where you create all your own veggies and, and all your things from the earth for yourself. You or know? if it's and symbolic then, and it's like I need to plant seeds to help people grow, right. like you exactly, know? <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So that's but that's a continual practice to find out the the deeper reasoning and and the deeper purpose of things. You know, it's not just like you just do it once and you be like, oh, I got I got a, a message. I should become a gardener. No, I don't. I don't I'm not, I don't even like, I don't even like flowers, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know? I just want to highlight what you said about like how everybody's path is not the same and the way that they'll come upon this information is not the same. And I, I want to emphasize that because that's absolutely true. We'll listen to gurus or listen to people on podcasts or movies or whatever and say, okay, well, this is how they did it. And someone will come out with their next masterclass course and, and this and that. And like, this is how you get X, Y, to Z. And with, when it comes to fear and when it comes to intuition and the stories that we're telling ourselves, those paths are so multifaceted. Uh, the way that we discover these things about ourselves, like I can tell you that story and know that like, for me, even that was unprecedented. Like that was something that I don't never like normally sit in meditation, have something so clear come to me. It was just time like that. And for me, like that was just time for me to get rid of this wound. It was an intention that I went to Bali to figure out what was I plugging? Why wasn't I here? You know, and that's not the story for everybody. Um, but back to, and then turn into what you're talking about as far as intuition and tapping into that. And that looks different too for everybody. Right. Um, but I I believe that there are some functional ways maybe that like, or tips that people can have actively to tap into their intuition. But before we get to that, like what is intuition? Define that for people who might not even really know. Okay. So before I do that, can I just ask you a question about that meditation, right? So you you said that was unprecedented for you. How many times since then have you been in a similar meditation and got nothing profound? Exactly. Like, I mean, like every day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had some other so, things, but nothing that big. Yeah. And like, you know, but it's not an exact science, right? It's not oh. like you just tap into that one thing and be like, Oh, now I know all the answers. Now no, I know how to travel not. back in time to, to, to touch into not. my pain, you know? And like, that's what I also feel like people, you know, the collective maybe doesn't fully understand that, like you were saying, everyone's pathway is different. So, but just because you, you, you tap into a little bit of the gold or the goodness and be like, Oh my God, I had this huge revelation. They don't just keep coming. I mean, it's like astral travel. I try to do this all the time. And the only times I've ever really been able to do it was when I was in Bali. And I I say that's probably because of the energy vortices there or something. I don't know. Who knows? But I haven't been able to make this secret sauce to be able to do it again. So in the same way, like with meditation, with wounds, with intuition, with stories, all of them, it will will be so different for everybody else and the way that they come about it. That's right. And there's also another really deep understanding that when you do have these really clear moments that all the moments before that seem like they didn't add up to anything 
actually had an effect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was this like, oh, wow, I've been doing that for a really long time. And that's always actually been there underneath the surface. But now is the only time it got clear. Yeah. And, you know, and then at some point down the track, like you said, you've had a couple of other little moments. You, you'll have another big one and, and all the moments in between that one and, and that one will, will, will add up and you'll be like, yeah. oh, that's what I wasn't ready to hear that one yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so for me, intuition is getting back to your question, what is intuition? Intuition is that understanding that you have a way. Is that understanding that paradoxically, while it's so important to help and to to help each other find our own pathway, that your pathway is your own, you know? Mm-hmm. Actually blocking out all the other noise from everybody else and yeah. listening into you, to your gut, to your instinct, you know? That is what intuition is. So that's going to look and feel different for everybody else. So how can one other person offer that to another? Yeah. You know? So I I find it so ironic that mm-hmm. I'm so drawn to do what I do because a big part of me knows intrinsically that I actually can't help anybody else. <laughs> you know, I'm so passionate and so um, eager for, for other people to find their own way. So when they're ready, maybe I can give them some pathways to follow Mm-hmm. for them to find their own intuition but it's not me who's doing it right you know it's their choice you know you said something really powerful just before you said i wasn't able to do that until i went to bali maybe it's got something to do with the energy of bali mm-hmm. my opinion is my observation is people are only really ready to do that when they consciously choose that mm-hmm. you know so and I'm not judging on this is my opinion. You know? yeah. So if we use you, if we use you as the example, yeah. right? Yeah. Before you felt that, before you did that, there was an element of you that was faking it till you make it. Mm-hmm. You know. So when you find this spiritual path, when you when you really want to go deeper, you're like you tap in into it a little bit, then you jump out, then you tap mm-hmm. into it a little bit, then you jump out, and it's not. And you know the whole reasoning behind you going to Bali. You know, that choice to be like, okay, no, I really need to take a, a bigger step. Right. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't Bali. It mm-hmm. was you, mm. you know, so you, you were the one who chose to go there. Yes. The, the Bali is a very spiritual place. The energy of the people, they do ceremony three times a day. Yeah. You know, they put the offerings out to the low gods and the high gods. Yeah. So the energy and the space is created for these things to happen but it's the choice of Aaliyah to go there and tap into herself, which actually you could have done at home. Yeah. It it just might've been harder. But see, this is interesting because you saying that to me is the tip, right? Like make the choice. That's right. (laughs) Make the choice. So people who are looking or trying to figure out like, how how do I dig into my intuition? Well, you make the choice to do so and get to know yourself. That's right. And so all the, all the, all the offerings we, we, we run at It's a Life, you know, we, we only ever do with eight people max because mm-hmm. every single offering looks completely different because of the people that come and the place that they're in and mm-hmm. the pathways that we really just trial and error to be able to reach those individuals, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I guarantee every time we run a course, some people don't travel as far as others because they're simply not ready, yeah. you know. And the amount of times we get communication back, you know, six months, a year, 18 months, two years down the track with someone going, 
will write to me and be like, hey, Daniel, I just really remembered what you said to me this one time. And now I really understand that. Yeah. It had nothing to do with what I said. Mm. It had to do with the fact that two years down the track, the penny dropped for them and they've been doing the work and now they really feel something new in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really trust when people come to us, you know, they come to us for three weeks or a month at a time. And um, sometimes it's, it's really focused on the healing and sometimes they want to become a yoga teacher and start sharing or whatever, you know, there's an expectation, whether I like to, to admit it or not, there's an expectation. If you come to my course, I want you to arrive at a certain place. You know, mm-hmm. that's my ego. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you won't arrive at that place, mm-hmm. you know, but I always trust, okay, Daniel, step away. It's okay. Aaliyah will find her way when she's ready. And then most of the time I get communication down the track and be like, oh, I'm in this place in my life. I've changed this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and I'm really happy and I'm really putting my energy into this. And you're like, awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that, again, that comes back to the individual's choice. Mm-hmm. So that aspect of being fearless, is that also then a choice? A hundred percent. I mean, like, you know, I really, I really believe in using simple mantras. If you, if you know that you're encompassed by fear, here, I'll give you a tip. Sit in meditation and be like, I am fearless. I am fearless. Mm-hmm. Do it on your breath, the give and receive. Mm-hmm. You know, your inhale, your ability to give yourself life, your exhale, your abilities to surrender what is. Mm. inhale life i am fearless exhale surrender i am fearless Mm -hmm. and that natural surrender should let go of the fear now how many times does one individual need to do that before they are completely fearless i don't know because i'm not completely fearless yet you know one person it might be a thousand times another person it might be five thousand times you know so but if you start doing it you're making the choice to change you're starting that little snowball inside yourself to to move to a more fearless place, you know? And in essence, that's what we're all here to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Like our mortality right now is getting so questioned. It's so ironic. I feel like that the whole world is being like, oh, lives are getting taken. Lives are always getting taken. Yeah. We're we're, going to die. We're going to die 100%. That's guaranteed. We're going to leave this jacket. We're going to leave this body. It's got Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the current climate that's changed that, Yeah. you know? Five years ago, people were dying. People are getting born right now. People are getting born and people are dying. You need to get comfortable with that. That's fearless. Get comfortable with your mortality. You get comfortable with your mortality. Life is so much more effortless. Dude, this is, so I was just talking to a friend about that because I've always had um, a weird comfort with death. Like not other people dying, but my own mortality. Um, Obviously like a family member or something like that. I would handle that a lot differently, but for myself, I haven't ever really had, and maybe that's a, like a, a lack of grounding. I don't know, but like, I've just never really felt super um, scared of, of like, you know, jump out of a plane or, you know, whatever, feeling that connection because maybe somewhere deep down, I've always been like, well, you know, we get another chance. You know, this is one out of 700 million lives or whatever. I don't know how many it is, but I've never had that, that, that space. But for people right now, ironically, as you said, like are, are having to deal with their own mortality and having to be in a space of, you said earlier, like we were talking about being, being enclosed and being introspective and looking. And so this aspect of fearlessness, funny enough, uh, has so much to do with vulnerability. So if I told, if I told you, Aaliyah, mm-hmm. you've got eight minutes to live. Mm-hmm. How would you want to live? Would you, would you want to be cowering away going, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like, 
what am I going to do? I'm not going to see. You wouldn't want to do that, right? You no. wouldn't want to choose that, right? Okay, so let's say you've you've got eight hours to live. Mm-hmm. Would would your answer be different? No. No. You you would you would want to live fearlessly. You would want to enjoy those late, last eight hours. Like, what do I want to do with my time? Yeah. You know, and that's the whole point of being mortal. You mm-hmm. know, that at any moment could be our last. So why are we worried about all these things that we shouldn't do or what's holding us back from living from our heart space and putting ourselves in the exact position we want to be in in life? Whether what, you know, what's your passion? If your passion's making money, go make money. You know, if your passion is sharing stuff about fear, do that, you yeah. know? So, I mean, hopefully, hopefully you can hear in my voice that this is my, this is what I'm here to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the, the, that's not, that's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have it worked all out and I'm fearless. Yeah. It's, if anything, actually, it's part of my purpose to share about fear, to remind myself, mm-hmm. it's almost selfish to remind myself to be more fearless. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if I didn't do this, if I didn't take this path, I would be yeah. more fearful. So, yeah. you know, thanks everybody for having fear, for giving me a purpose to be here, you know? <laughs> so, and you know, like it's, it's all, we're all in, interconnected. We're all, we're all here to help each other. And this is just my way to help, to remind myself to live from that place. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Cause I think like the vulnerability and having just to sum up, like getting really real about your mortality and getting comfortable with it gives you a space to live fearlessly because like you said, whether we live eight hours or we live 80 years, like we still, the date is unknown. So we might as well like, you know, fuck it. Like do live as you would like to live like now. For sure. So for sure. I love that. It's no. like a charge. Yeah. Like for sure. And you know, it's, that's what I mean. It's, it's um, been really ironic that, um, that, Randy and I have, have sort of moved to this island before all the, the world kind of shifted and we're in the mm-hmm. exact place that we want to be and our lives haven't changed that much, you know? Yeah. So that kind of makes me feel like we're in our intuition, you know, yeah. where, 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 where we should be in, in, in our life and in our evolvement, you know, yeah. with, with that relationship to, to, to living fearlessly. So how does life look for one who lives from their intuition well that's going to be so personal isn't it no you know i mean for I mean? you like tell us about how it looks, okay. looks like for you so um i would say it just looks like not worrying about what anybody else thinks of me mm-hmm. you know basically is just to live from that place of of just organically doing things that i want to do Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to always consider like everything around me, like the, the nature, the world, you know, like, but we're all, we're all living in a very small space really, aren't we? You know? So even if you're not living on an Island like me, mm-hmm. I mean, how far do you go in your week before the, the current climate change? Like we might travel every now and then. I know there's like sort of gypsy people who move around, but even when you move around, then you're very insular in that spot. Yeah. You know, so imagine right now in the cl- current climate, it was 50 years ago. How much different would everyone's lives be, you know? Right. But because we're so interconnected through social media and everything like that, we feel like we're living on the world, mm-hmm. you know? But that's not really true, is it? 
you know, yeah. like you can be connected, you can care, you can, you know, feel bad for human loss, you know, but that that's happening in a whole lot of different ways all over right. the world all the time. You know, yeah. it's, it seems a little bit crazy to take this small percentage that's getting affected by one thing and not actually consider everything else that's getting right. affected by a million different other things. Yeah. You know, so for me, living fearlessly is actually getting, getting smaller and living every day with your surroundings where you are, mm-hmm. you know, and then with that, of course, there's some connection to the collective and hoping that everyone else is doing that in their space. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that, that's just how it looks for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we're talking about, that's, that's not everyone's pathway. That's yeah. just how I feel about it. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm sure if you ask someone, you know, like an entrepreneur, you know, who, who's, who's built all these companies and, you know, as, as even if they're really organic and helpful companies, he's not going to feel like me yeah. or she's not going to feel like me. Yeah. They're going to have this, this, this big, larger scale, broader way that, that they feel they should be living from. And I'm not denying them of that, yeah. you know? But if you're supposed to be living one way and you're not, then the only person who can change that is you. And the only person who can tap into your intuition to know if you're doing it right for you is you. Yeah. It's interesting because even though all of our paths are different and all of the things that we would sum up as far as where our intuition leads us or what our purpose is or what our passion is are also different. It, it would seem that fear is uniform across humanity as something that is not good for us. Um, or like, let me rephrase that because like fear can serve its purposes in, in ways like, okay, if a tiger jumps out at you, it's like, okay, that fear throws you into fight or flight so you can run faster and, and survive or whatever. It's a mechanism um, largely of our ego, which is protective of our, our human body, keeps us alive. Um, but in a philosophical and or mental or emotional aspect, it's something that causes us a lot of stress, causes us cortisol, causes us to operate um, from a single-minded perspective. It keeps us from opening our mind um, and it keeps us from doing what it is that we're really called or meant to do or feel like we're meant to do. Um, and so maybe you can speak to um, the physiological aspects of fear. Um, and what does that look like? Since you guys do deal a lot in the health uh, sector and stuff like that with like body and whatever, um, are there ways to manage fear um, through exercise or through, you know, through the body? Um, like what are some ways that you conquer fear or utilize um, that are through the body or through eating or like holistically? Yeah. So, so first of all, I just want to, I just want to sort of give a perspective. Like I'm a surfer. Okay, so I, I love the ocean. I love surfing waves. I even love surfing big waves. You know, so I, I come from the Gold Coast, which is very um, affluent with surfers. The waves are really good there. A lot of professional surfers come from there, and a lot of my friends um, sort of went that route in professional surfing, and, and a, a few of them too even went into the the big wave surfing. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, and a couple of them. Um, really when they were young, they were really scared of big waves, Mm -hmm. you know? So they use that fear and they've turned it into feeling alive, being fearless. And Mm -hmm. now they chase the biggest waves they can and they make a living out of putting themselves in these massive, you know, um, potentially deadly situations and surf big waves and never feel more alive. 
Yeah. You know, so they've actually turned their fear into fearlessness. Mm-hmm. Now that's that pathway. That's not for everyone. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's just an extreme version, you know? So when they were young, they were like, Oh, those people are out there surfing big waves and I'm not, I hate that about myself. I don't want to feel like that. So now they train, they eat healthy, they, they prepare their body physically, they do mental work, they, they do breath work underwater to practice holding their breath so they can go into these de- deadly situations. And basically all they're doing is proving to themselves that they can be fearless, mm-hmm. right? So again, that's a really extreme version, yeah. right? So, so for me, some, some simple techniques that, that I like to, to start people off with, and I still do myself, um, again, I'll go back to, to Bali and the, the people that I've connected with there that have really helped me because most, like most Western people, when I came to yoga, I just did it for the physical, mm-hmm. you know, my mind, my energy and my emotions were not part of any of the reasons why I did it. Yeah. I was a headstrong 19, 20 year old, and I was trying to make, um, sort of step into, um, a living out of professional surfing. And I, and I basically couldn't do that because I probably wasn't fearless enough and didn't put all my energy and connection to it. And there's an element of my injury that right. maybe held me back that little bit of a level, but he put me on this path. So it's fine. Um, but so what really helped me was something called the name meditation that, mm. um, that a Balinese healer said, it's really important to connect in with your name because, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, because it's really has, an energetic reasoning for why mm-hmm. you're here, you know? Mm-hmm. So your birth name, the exact planetary moment that you arrived, it, it had a really big um, purpose. So putting all the stuff aside that the ego wants to yeah. um, bring into our lives, it's like Daniel James Young has a purpose here. So, so for me, what really helped me to actually come more into myself so I could stop caring about what other people thought of me or, um, really get clear on what I, what I was to do. And actually a lot of my moments, you know, those big aha moments have come when I've just been simply sitting in meditation and chanting my name, Mm. you know? So again, I always use the breath for whatever I do, that life force, that ability to breathe in and give yourself life, the ability to exhale and to surrender what is. Okay. Mm. So I just chant my name on my breath. Sometimes I do it out loud. Most of the time I just do it in my head. Yeah. Right. So inhale, Daniel James Young. Exhale, Daniel James Young. Mm -hmm. And I just do that while I can stay present with that task. You know, so as soon as I feel thoughts coming in, or as soon as I feel, um, wow, I'm not really present with my name anymore. It doesn't feel like it's serving me as much. And sometimes that might be five minutes and sometimes it might be an hour and a half, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that amount of time actually takes the same amount of time because you're present. Yeah. You know, so, and that takes practice too. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not easy to sit in meditation and be really present with, with one task, you know, mm-hmm. like that takes training, that takes yeah. constant application. But so what rises out of that is that intuition, mm-hmm. you know, so then it's deciphering when does thought come in and when does, are you actually getting messages that mm-hmm. looks like it's in the form of thought, but it's actually something deeper, which is your intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just the way I experience it. And over time and over practice and constant application, you can actually decipher between the two because most of the time intuition comes to us as thoughts, right? Yeah. I mean, 
there's mind body connection you don't you don't like like your stomach doesn't start talking to you yeah you know <laughs> like hello daniel this is your intuition like here i am this is the message i have for you like no it comes Feed to me. you as a thought yeah <laughs> it comes to you as a thought you know so deciphering if you're having so many thoughts all the time yeah then it's so noisy the intuition's there but you can't hear it mm-hmm. you know so it takes time to be able to really tap in and be like oh i can you know i can hear that like that's 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 true that's real you know and and then and then to sort of shift your life accordingly and you know like i was saying about my partner randy she really connects with that higher realm you know Mm -hmm. she naturally can go up there you know my job is to keep her down here (laughs) my job is to ground her and her job is to allow me to come up you know so she's really sorry about that like um intuition so for people who have been in practice for a while i can i can give myself an as an example um who are very connected in that regard or consider themselves connected um there is an aspect to following what you would have considered your intuition into a situation into a passion into a life choice or something like that and you knew without a doubt this is absolutely where I'm to be guided intuitionally. Um, and then you find yourself seems in a situation. Like the wrong choice. It seems like the wrong choice. And I know what you're going to say, but I think this is beautiful for our listeners. Um, you, you end up in a situation that feels like you have pie on your face and you're like, I made a huge mistake. And then you start feeling scared of your intuition. Like, is it, was it my intuition? Cause last time I was wrong and this and that. And like, you kind of go back and forth and it clouds the clarity that you felt and the confidence that you felt about following that aspect of yourself. Uh, so like, I, I like roundabout, like if there's a question here or not, but like, um, no, I think, I think I know what you're you asking. Know what I mean? and, and like, I can, like, how do you yeah, live fearlessly yeah. in that intuition when you feel like you've been jabbed so badly by it before, if you thought you were really in it? Okay. So, so again, um, take this with a grain of salt because it's my opinion and it's my observation of the people that come through me, mm-hmm. um, that, that come to us. And, um, and especially with Randy, because she's like completely the opposite to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we put people in two categories, which is in one way, it's very counterproductive. Right. Yeah. But if you, if you put them into people who are very grounded like me, right or people who are very high and flighty and can really connect in with the untangible, right? With, with, with what's not here on earth, you know, so they can, they can go up like yourself, right? So if we say you and Randy are, are kind of similar and I'm on the other end of the scale. So my observation is it's easier for you to go up and get those messages, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot more messages. So Mm -hmm. for you, it's harder to decipher, Mm -hmm. right? So for people like me, there's not that many messages, you know, (laughs) I'm here, I'm here, I'm grounded. Like, so, so it's, it's easier for me to hear the messages, but I've got to listen harder because it's like, what am I listening for? Mm -hmm. Whereas for you, there's a million messages and it's not so much that, one's intuition and one isn't it's like the higher and the lower vibration that is real here on earth right so you tangibly going okay that's what's important is very important for you Mm -hmm. you know so actually you shouldn't be doing something 
that connects you with that higher world until you are grounded so you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so... I love that because I always said that like, it's like a, it's like you're getting information from the cloud, but if you don't have the hardware or like a computer to download that information, then there's nowhere for it to go. So yeah, and you need to and be you, able to bring, you, it in, and, bring it down. And you might download the wrong thing. That's yeah. my point too. You know, yeah. so, so I really noticed with Randy, if she goes down the beach and has a swim and she does a little bit of a physical practice and she I can feel like you know you, when you're in a relationship with someone you can feel them when they're in center when Randy's really in center boom she gets that intuition and is so strong like she's mm. our creator for everything that we do mm. you know I'm, I'm the one who kind of grounds it and brings it to life and be like no don't do things in that order that's not going to work right <laughs> yeah. like I'm, I'm the logic yeah right so but I really notice with her when she's out of balance She'll tell me some crazy stuff and, and I'll be, I, I can just so clearly be like, that's not it, you know? <laughs> now, when she is in balance, she can till, still tell me crazy stuff, but I can hear the truth of it, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm here, I'm grounded, you know, and I've already felt her center to pull it down, yeah. you know? So I'll be like, okay, that's, that's it, you know? And it mightn't even be that much different to what isn't it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm really her sounding board for when she pulls that stuff down, you know, and sometimes she'll, she'll pull stuff down and it's not like what she's pulling down isn't true. It's just, it's just not the most relevant, you know, it's just not the most connected for her, you know, and, and obviously being her partner, that's my role. So that's something that I've got better at too, you know, how do you guys end up doing it individually? She's got her. Sometimes we do some things together. We do some breathing exercises together sometimes to connect. Um, but she's got her own pathways and I've got my own pathways. Yeah. But um, from a relationship point of view and a communication point of view, which is something we're still completely working on all the time, you know, um, my role is to get softer in my communication when I don't feel the truth. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know like, you know, she'll, you know, she'll tell me, oh, the, the sky's purple, Daniel. I'll be like, this guy's not purple. That's not the right response, you know? Like, you know, you know it's like, oh. You oh this guy is purple, honey? Oh, the, nice. did you see a purple tinge? Okay, like, great. Like, <laughs> why, why do you see that, you know? And the, the, the softer I can be and the more present I can be with her, the clearer the information she can bring down, which helps me. Right, you know? but so, as you guys work as a couple, what about our listeners who might be alone or doing stuff? Like, how do they ground that information and how do they live fearlessly in their intuition if they felt that they've been tricked or like they felt like they made the wrong decision and they can't trust that intuition um i feel like both randy and i did our work first before we came together you know so um even though we help each other now and we lean on each other in certain ways uh i feel like we had for the most part come a long way down the path you know, Randy could totally already do this for herself. I could yeah. already start to connect up myself, you know, yeah. um, but it's not our nature, right? Yeah. So understanding your nature, understanding who you are, mm-hmm. understanding if you go up easily or you're very grounded, mm-hmm. you know, understanding, do you live from your mind? Are you very analytical like mm-hmm. me? Do you live from your gut and you really listen to that intuition naturally? Are you someone who is lives from their heart and they um, really get emotionally affected quite easily. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all different types of people and understanding who you are and what pathways work for you, that is intuition, you know? So what, what information speaks to you? Is it Ayurvedic information? 
You know, is it about your doshas? Is it, is it, you know, is your diet really important? You know, I mean, all these things are important, but how important are they to you? Mm -hmm. You know, listening to me talk about it or somebody else talk about it or you talk about it, you know, with all the subjects that you have on your podcast, if you're just like devouring information, you're not learning. Yeah. You know, it's about your application and your action with what information speaks to you, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I'm really a big believer in, in really pushing the noise away to work out who you are. And mm-hmm. the only person who can do that and feel really strong and powerful in that is you. And no guru, no anybody else um, can help you do that. You know, you, you've, yeah. you've got to do that for yourself. So the fearlessness part would deeply come from, you know, getting past the fear of yourself even. Because with, for those of us who... Um, cont- will look externally constantly for an answer or, um, or someone else to tell us what to do. I have some clients that are, um, that struggle with that a lot and, um, their ability to look within is fearful because they don't feel confident in what their own intuition is telling them. And even if they have something solid that they can rest on, um, they won't trust it. And that sense of fear is, not so much fear of the external or the fear of the failure or whatever the other narratives that are existing. But I think you brought up a good point. It's like the fear of self. Um, You have to look in and get to know yourself. And the only real way to live fearlessly is to dig, dig that ditch (laughs) of like getting to know yourself, getting to know what, um, you know, what scares you, what ails you, what are you passionate about? What are you fearful of? What are you happy about? Like, what are you driven towards? And also making those, what we call mistakes, but I don't call them mistakes they're lessons. Like everything is a lesson. So even in those intuitional moments where you might've made a decision that you think was wrong, it was still part of your path. It was still on the way that you were needing to go of something that you were meant to learn. So what we perceive as wrong or right or good or bad is ultimately neutral and getting yeah, to and the face of, go ahead. Yeah, so it's almost like what we were talking about before with all the times you're in meditation and nothing profound happens, Yeah. right? Yeah. If we could sort of use that as this weird comparison, like if you believe you made the wrong choice, it's just a pathway that's getting mm-hmm. you closer to that right choice. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if, you, if you chose right all the time and let's say you're in your intuition, you're gold. But yeah. if you're not, then making the wrong choice and learning from that is your intuition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, and that strengthens your resolve and that um, makes you, helps you understand what voice to listen to or what choices to make. I mean, that's it's all it is. It. And, yeah. And it's so the, the thing is, um, and I'm not talking about women and men, I'm talking about energies now. Yeah. Feminine energy forgets, you know, it's so important for those of us who are really strong in our feminine energy to have a daily practice to, to ask that masculine energy to come in and hold that feminine energy. So you're asking me, what should people do if they're um, not in a relationship, they're by themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? So most of the time we get mostly women on our courses, you know? So we work with a lot of women, women, most of the time, not an exact science, but women have a lot more feminine energy than masculine energy, right? Mm -hmm. So they need to hold themselves accountable to come into that masculine energy to practice every day, whatever it is, you know, and this is another thing that I'm really passionate about. doesn't mean it needs to be yoga or, or Reiki or Pranayama. For some people, it might be photography. For some people, it might be being present when they cut up an apple, 
For mm. some people, it might be walking their dog on the beach. Whatever brings you into the moment, whatever ritual that you bring spiritual spirit into is spiritual, yeah. you know? So it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be in the spiritual world. Like true spirituality is normal, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It, it is coming into the moment in every moment, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. you know, like the Balinese do, create that ceremony to begin with until it becomes a pattern that you bring it into everything that you do, mm-hmm. you know? So the regularity and, and tapping into the masculine energy, the sun that just goes around the earth and is always there. It rises every day and it sets every day. The moon, when it's at half moon, forgot that it gets full, you know? So that's the difference between masculine and feminine energy. But the, but the feminine energy is the creator. It's mm-hmm. the creative. You need both the yin and the yang, the good and the bad, the black yeah. and the white, the high frequency and the low frequency, Yeah. you know? So it's about coming into that and understanding what makes you up you mm-hmm. know and if you can do that and look in in a fearless way you'll get a fearless answer if yeah. you look in in a fearful way which is actually what has to happen for most people for a long time before they yeah. can look in fearlessly yeah. you know so that that old that old saying you've got to fake it till you make it in yeah. in in the realm of self you know so but most to, people to are super pain averse and I mean, as a society, we like, we, we, we numb out whenever we can, like we don't acknowledge or like if something feels like it's a mistake or, or something, just anything painful, we try to avoid it at all costs. So us looking in is painful. Us making a mistake is painful. Us trusting our intuition and then finding that this is not where we needed to go is painful. And so in our means of pain, we always make it synonymous with like we did something wrong. When in reality, it's just a part of the path. That's part of how we learn. It's the catalyst for how we learn all of the sickness and the car accident and everything that you went through was the catalyst for the life that you have now. Who knows where you'd be if those things hadn't happened to you? Um, it might take a lot longer. And for those people who are in masculine energy are typically more efficiently minded. Um, so pain might be a part of that path. And those who are in the, I mean, for both feminine and masculine energies, but in both of those, like I think as a society and in your speaking to be fear, I might interject that we, we might be open to pain, that we might be open to the catalyst because the only way to truly be fearless is partly what you said about, you know, coming into contact with our mortality. And because ultimately pain is a signifier of like, oh, this could have ended my life or, you know, in some kind of way, it, it, it begs to our mortality. Pain shows us our humanity. It shows us like, okay, we got to cut here and our body needs to heal. So in that way, if we are always avoiding pain, we will continue to stay stuck in fear. We cannot live fearlessly without pain. For sure. Like, you know, which basically lends to being completely comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, so, just so right, a podcast. That's the, literally the, the, the name of it. So like, right. So right now, let's say one individual has been completely working on that very essence and being completely comfortable in the uncomfortable. And they'd become so comfortable within themselves that they didn't find any discomfort wherever they were or whatever situation mm-hmm. would the current climate even be affecting them. Wow. Yeah. You know, like, if they were even to contract something or if they were to get out of balance, if they were so comfortable in the uncomfortable, it wouldn't matter, would it? Right. You know, they'd, they'd just be completely accepting of what is. Yeah. You know? So yeah, you, there's, there's ways to do it, but most of those ways, as far as I know, the, like, you know, as human beings, we love the exception, don't we? We mm-hmm. don't love the rule. 
Yeah. And <laughs> in, in, in what we're talking about, the rule takes constant application. Mm-hmm. You know, the exception is, oh, I heard about this girl. She was like so sick and so this. And then she went to a one yoga class and she did this and she's just changed her whole life. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is totally possible. That yeah. is possible. But it's the exception. It's not yeah. the rule. The rule is you've got to come in. 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 You've got to be uncomfortable. You've got to feel that uncomfortableness. You know, I mean, so many times on, on different different things on, on, on our offerings where, where we're, we're working with people, you know, say you came to a practice and we did a meditation and you'd be sitting there and like, like just, you know, fidgeting and, and whatever. And afterwards I'd be like, oh, Aaliyah, how did the meditation go for you? Yeah, great. <laughs> it's like, there's that's delusion it's so yeah. far from even realizing and that you weren't lying you know yeah. the person wasn't lying to me they were they were truly in belief that yeah i sat there for 25 minutes and it was really comfortable for me it's like yeah. that's not what you told me that's not what your body told me <laughs> yeah that's not what you know and that, that they're not even realizing that they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know so yeah it takes time you know it takes time to realize that that fear that pain is in the way and then once you can tap into that like you did with your memory Mm. you know then that's the start of change you know just because you tapped into that like you know have you wasn't like over (laughs) yeah did you you just go out and the guy came up to you and went ali you're the girl for me (laughs) we're in relationship now you know what weirdly very strangely after i cleared that block then i started i had like five different people come up to me and give me their phone number or whatever and i was like whoa this is very strange it's never happened to me before um but it it unblocked something so i've opened the conduit but still need to work on it because it's still still got assholes but anyway uh (laughs) so um if there's a like a last thing you would like to leave our listeners um what would what would that message be well can i talk about what we're doing right now yeah yeah well like first absolutely yeah um so i feel like that ties in with with um what 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 i would leave everyone with so um we're shifting what we offer a little bit and we're we're putting it um online and we're making a a three-week offering out of it it's not a teacher training it's to really delve into um understanding your own healing pathways Mm -hmm. and applying those things. And we've got a few of our specialists, um, teachers helping us out. We'll be having live things every day. Um, and it will be to help. So H E L P to heal, enable, love and prosper. And we're we're doing that by donation. Mm -hmm. So, um, because I feel like right now people have got the time. So if the the financial thing was standing in your way, we we really want to open that up to, create a more sustainable community to mm-hmm. be in more giving and receiving and understand that um, the offering should reflect what you receive from it, mm-hmm. you know? So um, yeah, we're going to, that's not up on our website yet, but um, we're going to, we're going to move to get that up and we're going to open up um, a registration mm-hmm. um, and we'll have a month registration and then the course will start on the, the 29th of June. So that'll be a three-week three, three week offering. And then whether that's with one person or, or more than that, um, yeah, we're, we're just really looking to fearlessly offer what we believe in and what, how we can um, help people shift out of their fearful, fearful space and learn some yeah. techniques that maybe will apply to them and they can evolve over time. Um, yeah, and, and invite people into that, into that community of 
of living from a more fearless place. I love that. Um, I'll make sure to link that in the description once you have that available. Can you tell people where to find you? Um, yeah. So the best way to find us is um, uh, on our website. It's um, itsalife.com.au. Um, and you can just send us an email if we can, we can help in every way. We're always um, happy to connect with people. And, and um, like I said, we're really, you can read about on our website, but we're really focused on the individual. You know, we, we, when we're not running these big courses with 30 people at a time to give people a certificate, we're really looking for people to shift their life and, and alter the individual so mm-hmm. they can go back into the collective and alter the collective. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, that, I mean, the fear thing, that's just one, one aspect of what we do. Um, and that's something that I'm really passionate and focus, focus on. And, and Randy, she's a Reiki master. Um, she does a lot of stuff with womb healing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. You'll, yeah. you'll get a um, whole another set of beautiful information from her. She's really good at pulling information down. She's where well, she's okay. just putting her book on, on, on our website. Um, so people can access it. It's called remembering freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we have a lot to offer and if we can, if you feel like um, we can help you, then we want to hear from you. Amazing. Like it sounds like you just, you guys have a vat of knowledge and resources and experiences that um, can not just help the individuals that you're helping, but perhaps the collective, I hope through this, uh, which is amazing. I love what you touched on at the end, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. I feel like I'm going to get that tattooed at some point because it just, it's become such a, I just did a podcast about it like a couple of weeks ago and it's just been such a massive download for me that's like I've just really held on to because if you get comfortable with the uncomfortable there is no fear like there's no fear of the inconvenience you just accept everything and everything's just kind of neutral and it's like okay this is what we're doing now so you get into that space and then taking the leap doesn't feel scary at all because you've already accepted everywhere you are you belong there so it's I love that and I would love to end with that um it was so nice to have you on the show and thank you so much for having me Of course. Um, If you guys love this episode, please make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss one and rate us five stars. We will see you in the next episode. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at the lovely Leah for daily content and inspiration.